Hello and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Thursday, February 18th of 2021. We'd like to welcome all of our listeners, all of you who are tuning in from wherever part of this world that you're tuning in. We consider it a privilege that you would join us and that you would take uh, time out of your time to be able to study and 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 glean from the Word of God today. And we are excited uh, today about the Word. There's nothing more excited about the day than when we can go into God's Word, than to be able to feast out of His Word, to be able to eat out of out of His table. And it, it, God is always uh, showing us something fresh and new, maybe something old, but that is old. It's new for us, you know, but God is always showing us something fresh from his word. And and this and this makes it exciting. It makes it exciting for us uh, to be able to continually glean. He's talking to us. God is speaking. I believe, Brother Fernando, that God is speaking very clearly to his people today, mm-hmm. more than ever before. And that's exciting because we are heading. We need the understanding and it's something that we we studied the other days in Colossians of knowing having the knowledge of the will of God it's not understanding what our purpose is it's not even about our purpose right it's God's purpose it's understanding the will of God in our lives so we're excited today and uh joining me today in the panel is is brother Fernando uh once again we have uh brother Marty uh, not with us, and we hope to have him soon uh, in the next few days. And uh, and but we feel him, and we feel his spirit. His spirit, and and I know that uh, if he is hearing, I know uh, we dearly always miss him. But uh, we have to continue to go forward with the word. That's a responsibility that we have as ministers of the gospel to continue to go forward, to continue to go forward with the gospel and preach it, not just to this nation, but to the nations of the world, and to declare that Jesus Christ is coming back again soon. Hallelujah. So, Brother Fernando, we'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart. Uh, We definitely have been on a journey, and it seems like we cannot get out of this uh, chapter of Matthew uh, studying the life of Jesus, but it looks like God has been giving us something fresh and a uh, fresh mm-hmm. and new. And uh, I'm excited about what God has for us today and, and what we're going to be talking about today. So I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we discuss and study the word of God today. Amen. Welcome uh, to today's podcast. We're, we're excited and uh, uh, blessed to have you tune in and listen. Uh, we pray that the, uh, the past podcast has been a blessing to your life. Um, as Pastor Jeremy said, we, we've been in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4, studying the three temptations of Jesus Christ. And uh, there, there's just so much, <clears throat> so much that the Lord is just revealing to us and showing to us by his spirit. And we give him glory for that. We give him thanks for that because um, these things, you know, God gives them to, to hearts that are hungry, Right. He gives them to hearts that are open and seeking after him. And we just thank him, thank him for that, for his grace. And uh, we just always seek to magnify him, right? Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Bible says, as we read in, in Matthew chapter 3, that the heavens opened up. And the Father magnified the Son. He said, this is my beloved Son, and who I am well pleased. And that is what we endeavor to do, is to always point you to Jesus Christ, not unto ourselves, not unto a, our, our ministry, uh, not unto any man, but unto Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I always often say that, that Jesus Christ is the forgotten name in the Bible. You hear so many messages uh, that, that, uh, from, from preachers, and you rarely hear nowadays Jesus being mentioned, which is an incredible thing, right? I mean, you hear a lot of teachings on the apostles, you know, on 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 other characters of the Bible, and and and, and you know, as it relates to us and in our daily life, and 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 really, they're self-centered messages, but they never really 
really very rarely do you hear messages taught on Jesus, who he is, what he did, what he is accomplishing, right? Yeah. That's what the whole Bible is. The Bible says that the, 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 the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. The whole Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ, right? Uh, Hebrews 1 tells us that the, uh, that God spoke to us in, in, in sundry times, diverse manners through the prophets, but now he speaks to us through a son, a particular son, through his son, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. And, and that is who we seek to, to elevate. That is who we seek to glorify. That is who we seek to magnify. So without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and, and get back into things and, and uh, open again our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 4. Um, we're going to be reading from verse 13, um, excuse, yeah, verse 13 to about verse 25. We'll just go ahead and to the end of the, um, the chapter there, Pastor Jeremy. We've been, we've been speaking concerning uh, uh, the last few podcasts, how Moses is a prefigure of Jesus Christ. Uh, Hebrews 3 bears that out, right? Uh, and we spoke yes. about that yesterday as well, um, and so forth and so on. And, 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 and in connection with Passover, in connection with Exodus, we're seeing the types and shadows, the fulfillment of, 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 of you know, the Exodus events, the, the Passover. You know, the, the Passover is Jesus Christ. He is the Passover. Mm -hmm. But today we're going to take it from a different angle. We're going to see Joshua. We're going to study a little bit on Joshua and the ministry of, mm -hmm. of in life of Jesus Christ and how Joshua prefigures um, Jesus Christ. And we yeah. will see the parallels. We'll see, see the contrast between uh, the life and ministry of Jesus Christ and how he is uh, uh, the fulfillment of our heavenly Joshua. Uh, Yeshua, his name means salvation, right? That is what Jesus means, salvation. So we're 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 going to get into that, and and with the Lord's help, uh, we're going to try to break, uh, you know, the the word of God properly divided with His help and His grace. In Jesus' name, Amen. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, Light is sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatics, and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, and from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. 
Amen. Beyond Jordan. Well, we're going to speak about, again, Joshua being a prefigure of Jesus Christ. And we spoke about yesterday a little bit uh, as we study the, the, the types and shadows um, in the story of the Exodus. It first begins with Jacob having a son, one of, one of um, many sons, as, as we know. Uh, his name was Joseph. And, and we spoke about how Joseph is, is sold is sold on, uh, as a slave and ends up in Egypt. So the connection there and the, the, the type there is a type, Jacob there is a type of God the Father, and, it, and, and Joseph there is a type of Jesus Christ. And we see how the, the love of the Father, right, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But it was the sin of Joseph's brothers that uh, had had ultimately Joseph end up in Egypt, right? It was our sin that brought Jesus down to this world so he can die on the cross. It was the love of the father, right? So we see a beautiful connection between Jacob and Joseph. We know that Jacob loved Joseph. He loved Joseph. You know, and, we, and we see that in scripture where he gave him a beautiful coat of many colors. Um, so we see a, a beautiful connection of God the Father and His Son, and then and then we see uh, when Israel begins to grow as a nation. Uh, jo- Joseph, as we read in Scripture, uh, is able to interpret a dream, and, and through that dream, he's 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 he's, he's second in, in command in all of Egypt because of his ability to interpret the dream, and he he foresees the famine that is coming and saves the world. Right, including his family, and the nation begins to grow for some 400 years um, uh, in slavery, as it was prophesied to Prophet Abraham, to uh, Father Abraham, right, who was, who was a prophet. And the nation begins to grow, and, and Scripture tells us something beautiful and, and gives us insight into what that is a type of Israel growing in captivity for some 400 years is a type of Christ becoming flesh and being born of a woman. Egypt serves as a womb for Israel. Israel does not become a nation until it is uh until it leaves Egypt, right? Until until they they they're, they're finally freed from Egypt, then they are a nation. And and we know this through scripture that that Egypt served as a womb for Israel because um, Moses says something very interesting to Pharaoh when he goes up to him and tells him, let my people go. And in Exodus 4.22, it says that, and thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, the Lord commands Moses, thus say the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So we, we see here that the Lord has given prophetic insight to Moses, whether he realizes it or not. I, uh, you know, maybe at the moment he did it, maybe he did. But what, what he's telling us today as we read is that when you see Israel in Egypt in captivity, Israel is a type of Jesus, of, of God the Father's son. He's the firstborn, right? And then in, after uh, in Exodus chapter 12, when, when the Passover is instituted and the children of Israel are commanded to, to, uh, to celebrate the Passover, uh, the night before they are to be freed from from Egypt, in Exodus chapter 13, uh, 13, the next day, the Lord says something to Moses, very interesting, which gives us more insight into the type and shadow of what's really being played out in this story, in these events, what drama is being played out, what uh, spiritual uh, revelation is in there for us to whom the ends of the worlds are come to. He said in Exodus 13, 2, he says, sanctify unto me all the firstborn, whatsoever, whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of men, of beasts, it is mine. So now, after the children are born and come out of the womb, in, in Exodus 13, after the Passover, the Lord says, you are to sanctify these children unto me. So we see the coming out of Egypt represents the birthing, Right? It, it speaks of the uh, of the humanity of Jesus Christ. It speaks of Jesus becoming 
flesh. And then they crossed the Red Sea. Again, it speaks of that birthing, right? Uh, uh, there, there's water involved in the womb. You know, there's water in the womb when the child is born. And then we know what happens when Israel crosses the Red Sea. They're in the wilderness. Right? So the wilderness is a type of the world. And that's what we see in, in Matthew chapter 4. Jesus' ministry begins, right? And, and and now he's on the earth. He's The son of God has manifested himself, and he is on the earth about to begin his earthly ministry. And that's what, in type and shadow, uh, Israel crossing the Red Sea speaks of. Because remember, in Exodus 4.22, the Bible says, Israel is my son. So when you see Israel as a nation, we have to see the life and ministry of Jesus Christ in type and shadow, right? And so, again, Moses is a prefigure of, of Jesus Christ. He leads the children of Israel through the wilderness, right? But Moses is also a, he's a type of the law. Joshua is a type of grace. But also Moses serves as a type of the, of, uh, uh, of the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. Moses can only lead them, right, to, to the banks of the Jordan River. They're on the verge of crossing over, but he cannot cross over, right? And he dies, a type of the death and burial of Jesus Christ, right? Joshua, Joshua, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 4 that whenever they crossed over the Jordan River, that the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all of Israel, Right? Joshua speaks of the, the, the resurrected Christ, the exalted Christ, the magnified Christ. Right? And so when we look at and study the life of Joshua, he is a man of war. He is a man of war. He is the one that's going to go into the promised land and get rid of all the enemies that stand uh, between Israel and and. And, and the fulfillment of God's promises to Abraham that the land was theirs, that land that flowed with milk and honey, that he had given it to them. So Joshua, we see in, in, in type and shadow, a type of Jesus Christ who has won the victory. And he is bringing all things under subjection, all things under his authority. Yes. So it's a beautiful type and shadow, if you, if you can see it. And we read about that in Colossians, right? And we'll, we'll probably revisit that. Uh, as we go along, but so so we see the life and ministry of Jesus Christ in the Exodus. We see a transition from Moses to Joshua, Amen. And that's what we're gonna uh, try to to really really uh, focus on here. Uh, Matthew chapter three ends this way. It says this, um, the last verses. Verse 16, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straight away out of the water. And lo, the heavens were open unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, and lighting upon him. And lo, this is powerful. This is so powerful to me, and, and, and I'll tell you why. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. Here the Lord is magnifying his son before all of Israel, before all of his creation in heaven and in earth. It is a, a, a tremendous decoration, if we can see it, to all of creation. God is saying of his son, he is the one. He is the head of all powers and principalities, as the book of Colossians, the epistle of Colossians says. He is the one who is in charge. Amen. He is the one who is the creator. He is the one who is exalted. And he has come down to the earth to bring things back into order, to die upon a cross, to shed his blood to be buried and resurrect and to be exalted and to sit at the right hand of the Father. And it is through that exaltation that he is given all power, 
in heaven and earth. He is the Savior, but he is also the judge. Amen? He is the Savior, but he is also the judge. Such a decoration is made here. And we see the same uh, uh, kind of decoration being made uh, of Joshua. If we can turn there quickly, we're going to go back and forth and, and kind of see these parallels. Um, after Joshua crosses over, right, uh, the, the, the Jordan River with the, with the children of Israel, look what verse 14 of Joshua chapter 4 says. So they, they cross over, and it says, On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. Think about that now. So once Joshua and the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River, he is magnified before the, the children of Israel. And we see the same in type and shadow when Jesus comes out of the Jordan River, right? Mm -hmm. He's also magnified of the Father. Again, verse 17, verse 17 says, And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He is magnified before all of Israel. Now, what we have to understand is, 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 is key. What is, what is water a type of in Scripture? We see that the children of Israel have to cross the Jordan River. Right? We see that Jesus has to be baptized of the Jordan River. Water speaks of many things. Right? The water uh it speaks of really when Jesus is baptized, it speaks of of his death, burial, and resurrection. Right? But it also speaks of something new is coming. It speaks of transition. Right, and how do we know that? Uh, in, in Genesis uh, chapter one, verse two, it says, and, "And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters." The word "waters" there literally means uh, it means a transitory thing, right? It means violence. It means danger. It means refreshment, right? Water is a twofold meaning, and, and I'm going to lay some groundwork here to, so that we can understand the types and shadows. Water is a twofold meaning. It means judgment, right? We know that God judged the earth with water in the days of Noah. But it also means a new beginning, but a new beginning or a transition into, into a refreshing, a new thing, right? So water is a type of judgment, but it's also a type of a transition that is taking place. And that's what we see in, in, in the baptism of Jesus. That's what we see in, in uh, the crossing of the Jordan River when Joshua leads his pe the people of God over to, to the promised land. A transition is taking place, right? A transition is taking place from Moses to Joshua. A transition is taking place in, in the uh, ministry of Jesus Christ from the old to the new, Right? John the Baptist right. is stands as as that mediator between the old and the new. He is transitioning the New Testament. He is transitioning us from the law to grace, which is incredible, mm -hmm. right? And powerful. Were you going to say something, Pastor? No, you know we also see a transition, uh, a type of of naming. Right uh, from the old to the new, the old, the leprosy, right, <laughs> and then he's immersed yeah. in the Jordan River and to a new, right, a new flesh, a new beginning mm -hmm. for him, you know. Uh, uh, so yeah, a lot of types and shadow. We we always see something transitioning, something happening. Jesus was immediately right taken by the Spirit after he was baptized into the wilderness. Uh, immediately when they came out of the Red Sea, what did, what did the people of Israel have? A wilderness. So we see transitions. Yes, it's a new beginning, a new phase, right? A uh, yeah. transition. Incredible, yes. 
Yeah, and, and it speaks at so many levels, right? It, it speaks of the transition of, of, of our new lives from old to new. And, and uh, Romans 6 speaks about that. Uh, let's go there quickly just so we can uh, speak about that at a very practical level of how uh, the waters, the baptism, the crossing of yeah. the Jordan River speaks of transition, right? Um, yes. And, and, and the Apostle Paul likens that transition from the, the putting off of the old men, dying to the old men, and 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 receiving that new man, that newness of life, he likens it yes. unto a baptism. Yes, we can go there. Uh, Romans six, and let's read. Um, you can read from verse one. That'll be fine. Okay, verse one to verse three, or <clears throat> verse four. Okay, verse four. Okay, yes. what shall we say then? Verse, go to verse five. Um, yeah, that'll be fine. Okay. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. So we see how baptism there is a type of 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 the new life, the new birth, but it also speaks of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, his exaltation. So it speaks at many levels there. Um, so let's go back to uh, uh, chapter 4 again of Matthew. And, and really the transition that is taking place here is a beautiful transition of something old to something new. And what is what are we talking about here? Remember, God intended through Adam to have sons unto himself. Adam failed. So Jesus comes down to this world to again seek sons and daughters because he is the second Adam. And we see that he is starting something new. He is transitioning now, and he goes and finds himself 12 disciples who would be the fathers of the church, who would be the fathers of these new children, these new sons and daughters, who he would call his own, who he would call his brethren. Something powerful is taking place here, a new transition, right? And we see a prefigure of that in the story of of Joshua, right? And, and, And let's read exactly what happens when um, the children of Israel are about to cross over the Jordan River. Let's go to Joshua chapter 4, Pastor Jeremy, if we can, please. Yes. And let's read from verse 1 to verse 8, or verse 7, excuse me. Amen. It says, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe, a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according 
unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you, that when your children ask for their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them, that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Fascinating. So we see a type and shadow of the 12 disciples that Jesus would select after he came out of Jordan River and was baptized of John, went into the wilderness, and 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 went toe to toe with the devil, so to speak. We see that he comes out of those that temptation and chooses twelve, twelve disciples or twelve stones, which is an incredible um, type and shadow if you can see it. Now, then the Lord commands. Uh, Joshua to do something else. If you can read there the next two verses, uh, verse 8 and verse 9. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there unto this day, day. Incredible, a transition. So Joshua picks 12 men out of each tribe to get 12 stones as a remembrance of when they crossed over Jordan River. Then Joshua gets 12, of 12 stones on his own, and he places 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan River. And when the, the, the priests that bear the ark uh, walked through the Jordan River, the water came over those stones. Again, what is water a type of? It speaks of a, of a transition, but it also speaks of judgment. It speaks of something new. He's doing away with the old, and he's starting something new. Think about that for a moment. He's doing, he's doing away with something old and starting something new. That's what, that's what waters are a type of. He's judging those 12 stones, in essence, by the waters coming over it. But the waters, also have a, the, the waters in Scripture also have a double meaning. It speaks of judgment, but it speaks of a new beginning. And that's exactly what Jesus' life and ministry is all about. He came, right, to judge sin. <laughs> he came to, to, condemn, to condemn sin in the flesh. That's what the scripture says, right? He came to do that. But out of that, through his sufferings, would come a new creation. Through his sufferings would come a new people. Through his sufferings, he would give birth to sons and daughters. So that's what that's speaking about prophetically, which is, which is quite fascinating. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 3 and look what, Josh, what John the Baptist says to the religious leaders of Israel. Remember, Joshua told the children of Israel that this would be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever, these 12 stones. So this was something that was taught from generation to generation about these yeah. 12 stones. Remember, remember on Passover day when we crossed over the Jordan River, how Joshua had us pick out of every tribe 12 stones. And maybe they didn't understand the type and shadows, the, the prophecy in it. But what's fascinating to me you know, is that John the Baptist did. And we'll see. We'll see why we we know that he knew. Look look what it says in Matthew chapter three when he when he rebukes the religious leaders of Israel. 
Look what he says in verse 9. He says, And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you, that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Hallelujah. Incredible. Incredible. The 12th stones in the book of Joshua represented a new creation. It represented new children. It represented new sons and daughters. The 12 stones that went into the Jordan that the the water washed over when when the waters came back into place and the uh, and and the priests uh, bearing the ark of the covenant uh, came over the Jordan River. Those stones speak of Adam's children, right? Yeah. And again, that's always at a very practical level when Paul speaks in Romans chapter six that if if, if, if he, he he speaks of that that new birth right, from the old to the new as a baptism. Incredible, right? So so we see here that John, this is so fascinating to me, that John would speak in this way to the religious leaders of Israel because what would happen next was the baptism of Jesus in the very same river, the Jordan River, in which the children of Israel crossed over into the promised land. Fascinating to me that 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 John the Baptist was well studied, well versed in prophecy. He understood these things. The religious leaders did not. Jesus Christ was fulfilling these things. He is the Passover. In, in the Gospel of John, when when John sees Jesus coming to be baptized of him, he declares, "This is the Lamb of God." Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So in type and shadow, when Jesus is coming to be baptized of John the Baptist in the Jordan River, he is literally declaring to the world, I am the Passover. I am that heavenly Joshua. I am going to take my people over to the promised land. There is a new kingdom that I am going to declare. This kingdom is that promised land. And those who want to enter must enter through me. Hallelujah. They must repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Hallelujah. Powerful. Did you, did you want to say something, Pastor? I, I think it's a very powerful thing you're bringing out, uh, what we just read in chapter Praise 3 God. of the book of Matthew, verse 9. Out of these stones to raise up, you know, God is able to, of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Yes, the, this was something that the the Pharisees, whom they, he was speaking to, were very versed in. They understood this. What They understood what he was talking about when he, when he said stones. Because remember... Uh, these these were the, the the Joshua generation. They were the children. Their fathers are the ones who had perished in the wilderness. That's right. But and why did they perish? Because of their disobedience, they rejected. When they rejected the manna, yeah. they were rejecting the word of God. In essence, they were reject rejecting Christ Jesus. Right, and and that's yes. why they perished. And that's why he was saying there's a new kingdom, a, a generation. This was the generation that was 20 years and, and younger, right? It's the only one with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. And, ahead, and finish your thought there, but, but look what verse 7 says. Look what he calls them. He says, yeah. <clears throat> but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers. Mm-hmm. A yeah. reference to what you're talking about there, the generation that died in the wilderness. Yes. That, 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 that's incredible. Uh, um, <laughs> it's just so many things there. Re- rem- remember, um, 
that's who the their fathers, the the generate the fathers of this generation of Joshua died in the wilderness. And remember, it was in the wilderness where they found they found these scorpions, these venomous serpents, right? <laughs> and yeah. and many of them died by it. Died by it. And in other words, saying, Look, you think you can escape? Look at what happened to your for your fathers in the wilderness. Right? Look what happened. Mm -hmm. They were amongst vipers, amongst scorpions and snakes. So I think it's it's powerful what God is revealing to us right now because the the, the fathers of the generation of Joshua are the ones who had died in the wilderness because they rejected the manna they rejected and they you know they murmured they tempted christ the fornication idolatry and so forth but and 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 so it, it's, it's just tremendous that god out of these he rose he he allowed their children to come in the very people they themselves have said that their children would, would not be able to and look what happened god the very people their own father said would not make it are the ones that start in this new generation with joshua going forward now that is powerful yes <laughs> praise god yeah no amen and and so 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 we see the the types and shadows there of 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 these stones right john the baptist tells the religious leaders of israel hey don't say within yourself that we have abraham unto our father but god is able to raise children of these stones right and that's exactly yeah what he would do in chapter 4 when he chose the 12, right? These are the 12 stones. This is what I was speaking about through Joshua. If something new was going to happen. I was going to give birth to new children, right? But, but before that, he, he, he has to, uh, you know, there's this conflict of good and evil, this ongoing war that, that predates mankind. And, and and now the Son of God is on the, on this earth to come and deal with this creature called Satan, mm -hmm. right? And what's fascinating is this, that it says in verse 13 um, of Matthew 4, it says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast and the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Nephtalim by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region in shadow of death, light is sprung up. Mm -hmm. Jesus, uh, Scripture tells us he, he was raised in Nazareth, but he moved some 40 miles up north, even more north. Right? There's something about the north parts of Israel. Right, we we spoke yeah. about that that are that are uh, prophetic uh, and speak to us in a spiritual manner concerning the powers of darkness. We see the in the three temptations, and we studied about this: the three uh, temptations of Jesus Christ, the geographical locations, and this ascension. Um, and if we look at a, 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 the map of Israel, we see this ascension towards the north parts of Israel, right? Which tells us that that is. Spiritually speaking, those were those are territories controlled by powers of darkness. Those are regions in the spiritual realm, if we can see it, that were controlled by powers of darkness in, in, uh, during the ministry of Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us that, right? In, in, uh, in, in, in verse 24 of, of Matthew 4, it says, And his fame went through all, throughout all of Syria, that's north of Israel, Syria is north of Israel, right? And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were oppressed with devils and those who were lunatic and those that had palsy, and he healed them. It's quite interesting that Jesus would go to these areas to begin his ministry. There's a reason why he did. Because those regions of north Israel were completely controlled by powers of darkness. That's why it says in verse uh, 16, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. 
He didn't start in Jerusalem. He went up north. There seems to be, uh, through what Scripture is saying, some indication that there was a lot of demonic activity going on in those regions. I mean, what, what's, in the, what's in the northern regions of, of Israel? Well, you have Mount Hermon at the very north of Israel, right, which is the highest point in all of Israel. And we spoke about how Mount Hermon is, 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 is that mountain, right, where 200 of uh, fallen angels led by this ringleader named Azazel covet, made a covenant to corrupt uh, the generation of, of Noah. And we read about that in chapter 6 of Genesis. So, so we have that kind of activity in those regions. Uh, we also have Mount Carmel towards the coast, and we know uh, what took place in Mount Carmel in the days of Elijah, the contest between Elijah and, and the false prophets of Jezebel. These were the regions that, that Jezebel uh, controlled, that spirit, right, right, that led Israel into demonic worship and to raise up altars into God, uh, Baal God, right, into Baal. Right, and you could you could trace this demonic activity all the way back to the split of Israel in the days of uh, 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 Solomon, where where his son took over Rehoboam, and, and the nation split. Uh, Jeroboam took the northern kingdom, and Rehoboam became the king of the north. The nation was split, and we know what the northern kingdom did. Right, the northern kingdom split from from uh, from from Israel, right? The the southern kingdom had the temple in Judah, right? But the northern kingdom went and erected their own temple. They had their own prophets. They had their own false worship mixed in with paganism and demonic worship. So the whole northern area of Israel fell into steep idolatry, demonic idolatry. Right. You fast forward hundreds of years later, to the days of Christ, you see the consequences of and the results of these decisions and actions that the children of Israel did so long ago. So when Jesus Christ shows up, these regions, these territories of Israel are controlled by demonic powers. Right? Yes. Remember, the Bible says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. The devil is trying to lay his claim on this earth right. and there are regions in this world there are nations in this world that are controlled by him this whole world is controlled by him why because right uh, the reason is very simple right we spoke about it in, in in past podcasts how satan's challenge was on on the authority and headship of christ overall creation right which brought about a disorder, right? A disturbance in the order of God in all of creation. So we see that Satan, if we have eyes to see spiritually speaking, he has control over certain regions, right? He has control over certain powers, over, over certain areas more than others. So Jesus comes, he, he leaves Nazareth, goes to uh, Capernaum, right? Yes. And and he goes to these areas where there is demonic activity. Yes. He goes in you there know. to make war. Hallelujah, my Lord. To declare to the kingdom of Satan that there is a greater kingdom. The kingdom yes. of God is at hand. Repent. Remember, Hallelujah. we're speaking about Joshua, a prefigure of Jesus Christ. Joshua's business, his ministry, was to cleanse the promised land of the powers of darkness that were in it. We see the beginning of Jesus Christ's ministry begins with the temptation of Satan, right, where Satan tempts him. And when he comes out of that, he goes up north, even more north, to let the kingdoms of darkness know that light has come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory that light has come. He comes out of the Jordan River ready to make war. 
Lord. My Lord. Yes. You know, as Je- as Jesus walked in, in into Zebulun, he was he was fulfilling a prophecy by right the prophet Isaiah, right? Uh, that 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 you know light had sprung up. You know that the people that walked yes. in darkness saw a great light, and they that dwell. Amen. In one of the in one of the examples of of the miracle, we found it in one of the miracles that he did around that area, and I think it typifies what he was fulfilling that when he did this miracle, and that's when he rose from the dead, the son of the widow of Nain. Um, in that area, it is the Zebulun Naphtali area, and when he he went and and that generation, a young boy, a Joshua generation, right. He 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 caused them to 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 he had died. He caused them to he gave life unto him. And in, right. and in that miracle, he was fulfilling that which he said, which you're talking about, speaking to the powers of darkness, going into their territory and the reason that they had, and declaring to them that light has come. Hallelujah! The Son of God right. had come, and when he rose, this you know, you, you you think about it all, the, the city of Nain, not just them, and the crowd that was with him saw this miracle, and he was truly fulfilling what Isaiah said. Those who sat in darkness, those who, who were in the region, right, in the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. Very powerful. Very powerful, yes. what we're talking about. Yeah, let's go back to Joshua 4. Um, again, Joshua being a prefigure of Christ, he, he look what it says in verse 11. Uh, go ahead and read it, verse 14. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean, passed over, that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priests in the presence of the people. And the children of Reuben and the children of Gad and half the tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses spake unto them. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they feared <laughs> him, and they feared Moses all as as they feared Moses all the days of his life. My Lord, look, this is incredible. As soon as the children of Israel passed clean, passed over clean over the Jordan River, it says they were armed. 40,000 were prepared for war when they passed over. They passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. Think about that. This is what the crossing of the Jordan River speaks of. And it says that on that day the Lord magnified Joshua. This, again, speaks of the resurrected Christ. At the beginning of uh, of the ministry of of the ministry of Jesus Christ, he's declaring war to the powers of darkness. That great light has come, and we know that 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 his, he just had a, a a battle with the devil, right? Mm-hmm. But when Jesus would die, be buried and raised from the dead, that secured the victory. Hallelujah. Yes. So we see here at the beginning of Christ's ministry, he goes to the northern regions of Israel and declares war on the powers of darkness that are over that region. And then he goes and chooses 12 fishermen. Those are the men. Those are going to be his soldiers who are going to cause havoc to the kingdom of God, excuse me, the kingdom of the devil. Right for the kingdom of God, these twelve fishermen would be his soldiers, his disciples, 
and they would cause havoc on the kingdom of Satan by the preaching of the word of God. Hallelujah. Yes. Incredible. This is what Jesus came to do. For this cause was the Son of Man manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Think about that now. I'll go quickly. We'll end here quickly. Um, Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. This is this is so awesome. I, I get so excited over these things. You know, I, I wonder I wonder what some, you know what some Christians things were really what what we're really up against. You know, um, we're in a war. You know, whether you realize it or not, this is a war for the souls of men. This is a, a battle between light and darkness. The the fulfillment of the divine purpose of God in the satanic opposition against it. That your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the opposition that Satan has, is that the will of God in heaven will not be fulfilled on the earth through us. Amen. Let's go to uh, chapter 2 of Colossians. Verse 10, look at the words that uh, the Apostle Paul uses, and we'll read up to um, we'll read to verse 15, Pastor. Verse 10, verse Starting 15 with, of chapter 2 of Colossians. Amen. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. In let me whom stand, also stop there for a moment. Yes. Look at the words he says. We are complete in him. Everything is back into order in him. We are complete. We are in, in proper order. We are reconciled. We have peace with God. We are no longer at odds with him where, where there is no hostility between us. Why? Because he is the head. Everything is back under the proper authority. Everything's under proper order of all principality and power. Satan still has some hold on this earth. But the Lord is taking it from him. He's going to come back and reclaim this earth. Jesus Christ is coming back. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Amen? Go ahead, Pastor. In whom also ye are circumcised, with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who had raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwritten of ordinances that was made against you, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having now, now, spoiled. Yeah, and let's 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 listen to what it says here. This is what he accomplished at the cross and his resurrection. Yes. This is what he was declaring to the powers of darkness. In Matthew chapter 4. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. In it. Hallelujah. In his exaltation, in his death, burial, and resurrection and exaltation, he triumphed over powers and principalities. He made a show of them openly 
Hallelujah. Triumphing over them in it. Yes. This is so powerful. This is the kind of Jesus that we serve. We don't, like Brother Marty says, we don't serve some weak Jesus who's a carpenter, you know, and he came to get spit on. And, and yeah, that happened to him. But let me tell you something. He is an exalted Christ. He is the resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords. Yes. He is our God. He is the leader and captain of the host of the children of God. He goes before us. He fights before us. Jesus is a man's man, man. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. I liked when, 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 when the Lord, the prefigured uh, uh, appearance of Jesus Christ, appeared to Joshua, remember? And, and, and he, he, you know, he has his sword drawn out, right? And, and Joshua draws out, his, draws out his sword. He's like, man, are you, what's going on here? Are you with us or against us? Right? <laughs> and and, and yes. the Lord tells Joshua, relax, man. I'm the one in charge here. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one Glory who's in charge here. You're under me. I'm the head. I'm in control. Hallelujah. Joshua bows down before him. Amen. That is who we serve. That is whose side we are on. We are on the. Yes. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what he says about your children, about your about your marriage, about about how the Lord is going to provide for you. Our Lord will provide. Our Lord yes. will fight for us. Our Lord has already defeated the enemy. Yeah. We have to believe that. We have to walk yes. in the faith of faith of his word. We have overcome yes. because he has overcome. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes. I serve a mighty God. I serve a strong God. Yes. I serve a fearless God. I serve a God yes. who laughs at his enemies. Hallelujah. I serve a God yes. who the, the the word of God says that earth is uh, the heaven the heaven is his throne and and the earth is his footstool. That's the kind of God that I serve. Hallelujah. Yes. He's our heavenly Joshua. Yes, he is. Praise God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I thought you were going to start preaching for a bit, man. Glory to God. Almost. Almost. <laughs> you know, Praise God. we are going to have to have the conviction. The conviction, see, you know, as we process things and you know, and, and we hear these, 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 uh, these studies, tremendous studies and, and and we learn so much, but it's going to have to get into your spirit. It's going to have to, you're going to have to have, to have this conviction. Because this is what it's going to take to make it in this hour. And trust in that heavenly Joshua. His name is Jesus Christ. And, you know, I thought about that verse in, found in Hebrews 3.14. For we are made partakers of Christ. That it says, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast until the end. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God is able. We have the victory. But we need to hold on steadfastly with conviction in this hour. I know in whom I have believed. And we're going to make it through. We're going to make it to the other side. God has already made the way in this hour. Let us have the conviction in our hearts in whom we have believed. Praise the Lord, my Lord. Amen. We thank the Lord for this word. And uh, if you allow me, I, I just want to thank the Lord. I mean, I, I don't know what your situation is. As Brother Fernando, I want to echo what he was saying. I don't know what the devil has been telling you lately. Maybe the enemy has been attacking your mind and, and, and putting things before you. but. Today, God just wants to remind you, and we want to remind you that he's still in control. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. That he's still, 
in control of all things, and he holds you in his hands. He hasn't forgotten you. You are not alone. He says, I will be with you until the end. And if you have a need today, why don't you pray with us? Why don't you believe God today? God can touch you. There's nothing impossible for God. Don't feel that you're alone. We feel it too. We feel those attacks. <laughs> we feel yes. uh, the enemy speaking to us many times and trying to put the word in doubt in our hearts. But hallelujah, just like you, we, we got to bend that knee and we got to believe that God is able. Let us pray. Father, we come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. We are praying this moment, Lord, and we stand in the gap for every single person that is listening, God. Father, as you told, uh, as John said, Lord, and said that you can raise up children out of these stones, God. And Father, in reality, you are raising up a new generation, God, a new generation being led by Joshua to go forward in the name of Jesus. We got to yes. go forward. It's just a few more weary days, but we're going through, Lord. We're going through in the name of Jesus. I pray for the needs today of those that are listening, even parents that are here that have a burden, that are carrying that burden for their children, God, where it seems like, Lord, they've gone strayed, they've strained away, that there is no hope. But we're here to declare that there is hope, God, that there's nothing too far that God cannot reach into, Lord. And we pray for those children who have gone astray, God. Those children, Lord, who the devil right now is whipping and mopping with them. But today we stand in faith, Lord, on the promises of God that you're able to raise up these children and break those bondages, Lord, and bring life. Why do we say that? Because in this dark hour, light has appeared, God. Hallelujah. And whenever light appears, there is life. And no darkness cannot hide, Lord. Father, we know we are facing powers of darkness, but the light is here. It's you, Christ Jesus. You are here, God. And you are here to take what rightfully belongs to you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this word, Lord. Help us, God, every day, Lord, that this will add to our faith, God. That this will add, Lord, that to add to our faith that will help us and propel us to whatever we may be facing and are going to face. Father, we love you for all that you're doing and for the things, Lord, that you are doing in this hour, Lord. We love you and praise you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says amen and amen. We pray that you join us tomorrow. And uh, meanwhile, we pray the Lord will bless you. We pray the Lord keep you. And as always, keep looking up. <laughs>